0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to our practice session. In our practice sessions, we invite our featured guests to show off their negotiation and conflict resolution skills in a realistic scenario. In this session, I want you to pay attention to what our guest does and not to what I do, because while they are trying to show off their skills and teach you, I'm trying to frustrate their efforts in different ways through things like aggression, annoyance, emotionality, or awkwardness. And then after the practice session, we debrief and talk about what worked, what didn't work, and what you can use in your next difficult conversation. Welcome, everybody, to our sparring session. This is going to be a fun one. Again, our guest is Hamilton Chan, and he will get us started by outlining the situation, and then we'll jump into it.
1: Awesome. Well, Kwame, is great to be back and thank you so much again for having me. I object to calling it a sparring session because I think this is just, <laughs> just going to be a getting to know you session. But yeah, let's start off with a fictitious scenario. We'll say that I am the CEO of a company called Smart Mugs. Smart Mugs makes a coffee warmer that basically will allow you to place a mug on an intelligent hot plate. And it will keep that mug at the same temperature throughout a four-hour period. And what's great about this is it makes the coffee taste better and pleases customers. And we'd love to get our product on the shelf at Starbucks. And you are the big, huge company. You are the executive VP of merchandising. I'm lucky to even get this meeting with you. I have presumably low negotiating leverage. I'm just a startup. You're Starbucks. But I want to try to use my rapport building skills in order to bridge the gaps. How does that sound? Sounds great. All right. So we'll get enrolled and start this up.
0: Yep. You get us started and this
1: will be us in the meeting. You got it. Hi, Kwame. How are you? It's so nice to meet you. Hamilton, doing well. Thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Oh, my pleasure. I'm glad we had the chance to chat.
1: Yes. And thank you for seeing me on July 5th, day after the 4th of July. How was your 4th?
0: You know, when you're an executive like me, you have almost like a 4th of a 4th. <laughs> I spent uh, <laughs> two, two hours with family and then I was back in the office. So uh, it was okay. I got stuff done so I can't complain.
1: Wow, I am impressed that you worked on the 4th of July. Now, did you get any chance to watch Wimbledon or U.S. Women's World Cup soccer, any of that kind of stuff? You know what?
0: I have the ESPN app, so whenever uh, I was working, I was a little bit distracted because, yes, Wimbledon was, was on on the side.
1: Yes, did you happen to see Corey Goff, the 15-year-old American phenom, do her thing? I did. I was
0: impressed, I, and she did a great job beating a champion on grass at what I would consider Venus's home turf because Wimbledon was yeah. always her best surface. But her follow-up win, I think, was even more impressive because at 15 years old, she didn't have an emotional letdown, which is rare.
1: Yes, that always happens where they beat the superstar, and then the next match, they right? exactly. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> it's,
0: like, it's like a wasted win. It's like, why did you take out number one just to <laughs> just to mess up the draw, right? So,
1: how far do you think she's going to get?
0: I think her next match, I forget who it is that she plays. Oh, Polona Horsog. She's a great athlete, but definitely beatable. But I think she'll lose to Halep next round.
1: Do you play tennis? Yeah,
0: I was a uh, president of the, the club team at OSU. We made it to Nationals. What? Billie Jean King King was at the tournament. (laughs) So I say, I've I've never watched Billie Jean play, but she's seen me.
1: (laughs) Gosh, wow. Well, that's impressive. I'm going to have to share my own tennis story then, really briefly. Absolutely. My best doubles partner ever, Martina Hingis.
0: How? 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 How how did that
1: happen? Well, easy. You pay money. No, I I went to... (laughs) Indian wells for their tennis tournament to watch but during the week leading up to it they had this event called tennis with the stars and you could pay to get a chance to play with the pros and so they had a tournament where 24 people were competing and the top four got to play with the pros and the pros would pick their partner i got picked by martina wow. and we won the dang final so it was a The tennis highlight of my life. Of course, she carried the team. There was actually an ESPN reporter during the match who was, you know, live calling it. And at one point, I poached in front of Martina. He was like, how can you do that in front of a Hall of Fame player? But thankfully, we won that point. So, (laughs) but yeah, we got to play sometime. Are you ever in Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah.
0: I was there in May and I'll I'll probably be making a trip back later this year. So definitely, we'll, we'll connect.
1: Awesome. Well, why don't we do that or I'll come out to Seattle and visit you as a celebration when we get smart mugs in every single Starbucks store.
0: (laughs) Well, that has yet to be determined. We'll see about
1: that. Oh, I thought we were getting along so well.
0: (laughs) We are. We are. This is the first step, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. So what can we do in order to make smart mugs work for you guys? I, I really think that Starbucks is going to benefit tremendously from this dash of innovative technology that's from a startup brand, but I think that'll be really great in Starbucks stores. So it's not always just egg and the big brands, but Starbucks is really inclusive and will include a minority business startup like ours and deliver this really fabulous product that people are raving about.
0: Right. And I have no doubt in my mind that it's a great product. But as you know, when it comes to Starbucks, our philosophy is- is making sure that we focus on the place, that space is really important for us. And then of Mm -hmm. course, we're a business. We're we're one of the largest companies in the world, and we didn't get there by uh, making poor business decisions. And so it needs to be able to fulfill those two roles. So it needs to improve the space or at least add to it or make sense and have a business purpose.
1: I totally appreciate that. So what I'm hearing from you is that You know, Starbucks is known as that third place, that place where people go to relax, to do more than just enjoy the coffee, but enjoy the ambiance. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. You know what? So I think that is going to play in really well with smart mugs. Not only is there new technology from companies, you know, from the stuff that Starbucks is already putting inside of its stores. There's all of the stuff that recharges your phone battery, for example. I think that that is a perfect example of great technology influencing the Starbucks experience. Not only can you order in advance and get your drink there, but to even be able to keep your drink warm while you're in the store and just plug the smart mug into your MacBook Air. I think it's just a really cool way to show that Starbucks is an advanced thing. It's not just purely artisanal throwback, but it's also modern and advanced.
0: Okay. So tell me more about how you see this coming together. I'm not quite seeing it yet in the space.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think maybe if you're open to it, we could always pilot it at a limited number of stores first and make sure that you're comfortable with it. Make sure you're getting great customer feedback, but also tell me more what might be on your mind in terms of what are the things that you're most concerned about besides it just being, you know, a nice addition to that third place ambiance
0: the biggest thing that I'm struggling with is clutter because there needs to be, uh, of course, there needs to be things in the store, but when there are too many things, then it becomes choky. I I know with my wife, when there's clutter, it creates anxiety. And I want this to be a a situation where people can go and relax, but not feel overwhelmed with the amount of things that are there.
1: I totally agree with you. So what would work for you? Like in your own mind, how do you think smart mugs could place well at Starbucks? What works for Starbucks?
0: Well, I, I really liked your idea of piloting because we have a new CFO and she is very risk averse background in law and accounting. So try and put that one together. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's tough for us when it comes to trying to innovate. Not that she's close minded, but she's very risk averse, the legal side and cost efficient, the accounting side. So I think the pilot suggestion is a good one. So I think that might be a good way to start.
1: Good. Well, as a former reformed attorney myself, doesn't it drive (laughs) you crazy the way that lawyers and accountants think all the time? I hear you. And I know that in merchandise, you must be thinking all the time like, hey, we want to try to make the store interesting. We want to be creative. And sometimes you have to take a little bit of a risk and not always be thinking, all right, let's just stick with the tried and true. So I certainly appreciate the difficulty of that position. But this pilot idea sounds awesome. So what do you say we try it out at, you know what number of stores would work best for you for the initial pilot?
0: What we can do, I'll need to go back inside and talk to my team about this, but we could probably try it out in one of our smaller markets. And then since you're in LA, maybe your home store. So that'll give you an opportunity to kind of market it and, and make it an event so we can co-brand that. But I think yes. really the, the meat of the pilot would happen in the smaller markets because I know that uh, Melissa will not want to give you the whole <laughs> L.A. market that's <laughs> massive, but I think a local store would be reasonable.
1: Okay, that sounds great. I think let's take this to the next step. You know, I'll send over a few markets that I think might make sense. I'd love to get your feedback on that, and let's get something you know whipped together as a startup. We move really, really fast. We're super agile, so I do feel like this could be a great win-win for both of us. And I'm really excited about working with you and hopefully playing 10s together at some
0: point. (laughs) Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Hamilton. I appreciate this. Thank you so much, Kwame. We'll be in touch. Does your company invest in professional development training? If you believe that your team would benefit from a negotiation workshop, all you need to do is go to our website, fill out the workshop request form, and then we'll set up a time to chat. These workshops are completely customizable, and we've done them all around the country. Well done. This is great. So I'll kind of outline some of the things that I saw and then we'll jump into it. Um, Yeah, obviously, rapport was fantastic, just like you said at the beginning of the first episode, you focused really heavily on rapport, you built up that relationship by not only getting me to like you, but by identifying something that we had in common, so I felt like I was like you, so that was great, (laughs) and then it was a smooth transition into the substance with a question, your use of open-ended questions throughout the conversation was great, and then you didn't just ask the question, then ask another question, or make a point, afterwards, you took the time to summarize to prove that you were listening to me and Mm -hmm. at the same time make sure that your understanding was correct before moving forward every single time and with some of your responses you subtly and humbly demonstrated that you did Mm -hmm. your research on the company recognizing, for instance, mentioning the third place, that allows Mm -hmm. me to respect you more because you showed me respect by researching me. Mm -hmm. When I pushed back by saying that I'm not really seeing it You didn't take it as a threat and immediately countered, which was really, really smart. You, again, relied on your questions. And then you introduced a great sales tactic, which is the foot in the door technique. So you Mm -hmm. don't need to give me all the stores. Maybe just a pilot, Mm -hmm. you know, since Mm -hmm. risk was an issue. And then we ended up using that uh, suggestion. So, I mean, throughout this, it was so well, the persuasive techniques were layered on top of each other seamlessly that... If you're just listening to the conversation, it flowed really well. But then when you break it down, you see, wow, it was a buffet
1: (laughs) of of persuasive techniques. So kudos. Very well done. (laughs) Well, I am going to eat from this buffet of this podcast every morning. Because I'm so glad this is recorded because every morning I'm going to listen to that one minute snippet where you broke the thing down. And I'm going to be like, man, I feel so good about myself. I mean, seriously, <laughs> your breakdown of the negotiation was way better than any negotiation skill or tactic I used in the thing itself. Oh, um, thank you. You were strong. See, because the spotlight might be on me as a sparring partner, but I think that it deserves to be on you as well because you did a great job. I felt like at the beginning you were giving me a lukewarm reception. Mm -hmm. You didn't immediately start off with super bubbly cheerful, but – I was glad to see that we were able to get into that part of your personality when we started talking about tennis and you gave me a, a lot to deal with, which was great because you were talking in depth about the tennis and not just saying, yeah, I saw some tennis and that was it. No, <laughs> you, you got into it and that was really, really helpful. I also felt like you didn't give the farm. You know, you knew your position and you limited it to a small market like a store or two here. And I, I think your point is very well taken, which is you got to give what your opponent or counterpart is willing to give you when you don't have the same size. So what are you going to do? No, we need 5,000 stores. It's just not realistic. So, you know, people have to be realistic. And I thought you were very realistic in your scenario.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm glad you called that too, because at the beginning, mm-hmm. I didn't want to turn it into a love fest from the very beginning. <laughs> I wanted to have yeah, you... Yeah, clearly. <laughs> I wanted you to have to work for it a little bit. But I think yeah. even though this is just a snippet of what a, a, the longer conversation would be like, it showed that you didn't just abandon it and say, oh, well, Kwame's a jerk. This is going to be business only. <laughs> no, uh, no you were you were persistent it, it didn't have an effect on your affect at the Ooh, beginning of the conversation you were still persistent with your positivity and you broke through and i think that was a really good example of that
1: awesome you know speaking of the rapport building stage of negotiation it reminds me of like getting a pop quiz in history class back in high school where the teacher said all right pop quiz right on this subject and what he would always encourage us to do is to think about your answer and outline it before you start writing the whole thing, as opposed to jumping right in and doing the thing. And so for me, when people negotiate and they skip the rapport building stage, it's like, Answering the short answer immediately without thinking that cannot be skipped. You have to try it You have to stick with it and you cannot just give up on it the second that the other side looks like they're not reciprocating Break down that wall and the whole world will open up for you
0: Absolutely, and one thing that people run into sometimes is that when you break down personalities There's some people who are just lower on agreeableness. That's just how they came yeah. out of the womb. Disagreeable. Sure. Right. And so yeah, I know some of those. <laughs> and so in those situations, <laughs> what I've found is that you can still build rapport with them, <laughs> but you build it on something that they don't like. And so it gives them an opportunity to talk. Because the thing is, when people are given the opportunity to talk about things that they want to talk about, studies have shown that their system becomes flooded with dopamine. They like that. Mm -hmm. And so even though you and I would enjoy talking about something positive, they might like to complain about something. And so yep. one of the things that I've started to beta test in some of my relationships where I recognize somebody is a little bit more negative is that I'll give them, <laughs> I'd give them the opportunity to complain about whatever it is today that is annoying them. And I then, love it. And then they wow. feel better.
1: <laughs> I like that. The, the mutual trashing. Let's troll together. That's interesting. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's awesome. Stroll yeah. together or troll together. It, oh, that's, it's, all it's, that's it's brilliant. The, it all works. Exactly. <laughs> You know, this reminds me of the story. I flew to Maui. This is top of mind again because uh, we're trying to figure out summer vacation plans. A bit uh-huh. late, but we wanted to do it. <laughs> and I remember one summer, uh, my family went to Maui and we landed. We we're so excited to get our trip going, but the first thing we needed to do was to rent a car. And when we went into the rental car place, there was a huge line. It kept snaking around so much that they had to invent new barriers so that people would know where to stand in line. Ooh. And uh, I had to take a business call for 20 minutes. When I went back in and I asked my wife, I was like, hey, how come the line looks like it hasn't moved? She's like, because it hasn't. And I estimated based on its speed that it was going to take us an hour and a half or two hours to get our rental car. So mm-hmm. what I did was I saw this one woman who seemed a little bit idle off on one side. She was on the VIP side and there was no one in the VIP lane. So I just saddled up to that side of the counter and I struck up a conversation. And I was talking to her, and I remember asking her things like, hey, so are you from Hawaii? Um, how long have you been here? Do you ever get island fever? And she said she's from California. I'm like, ooh, we can talk about that. So we started talking about that. For some weird reason, we started talking about gun control. Um, I'm only reminded of that because my daughter said, daddy, I remember you were talking to her about gun control. So we are talking about that. Maybe we were hating on a politician together and, and, and trolling somebody. Um, but... Finally at the end, I was like, Hey, do you think there's any way you can help us get our car? I mean, I, I know I know if you can't, that's totally fine, but just figured I'd ask. And she's like, Yeah, let me take care of it. And whammo, we skip the entire line. Wow.
0: Yeah. Oh. Rapport building works. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. <laughs> and so for the people who are out there and saying, Oh, but isn't that manipulative? Aren't you just having that conversation just to get something? Well, no. The thing is, if it doesn't work out, that's fine. You just had a great conversation and you practiced your conversational skills. So you still get something out of it. And if nothing else, you brighten somebody's day. That's still worth it. And if you get something out of it, then great. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that.
1: Yes, as an executive coach, I'm all about being curious about other people. Why do people think the way that they do? I just find people fascinating. And one of my strange little hobbies is connecting with strangers. Um, I just like talking to people and it's fun when I can connect with folks. So that's why I use rapport building to the extent that I can. When I'm talking to you about tennis, it's not just to manipulate you. It's because I love tennis too. Right. I genuinely love tennis and I like breaking down games and I love playing. So it's really about sharing your life's interests with other people and trying to find the joy in other people's life interests as well. It is not a nefarious intent whatsoever. And if it is, I don't think it will go well.
0: Absolutely. People can feel that. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, again, thank you. This was a fun one, a really, really fun one. And uh, before you go, let the listeners know about what you're working on with uh, Loyola.
1: Oh, absolutely. So thank you. We are launching LLX, which is Loyola Law School's Executive Education Program. I say we are launching because it's just so new in my own head, but we did launch two months ago. We have our first online negotiation course available for students to take, and the first cohort has already launched. Students are taking it, enjoying it, learning from it right now, but we have our next cohort available on September 27th, I think, um, 2019, and we're launching new cohorts of it every two months. What's great about our online negotiation course is that you don't have to take it in a classroom. You can do it from the comfort of your own home in pajamas. And even though it is asynchronous learning where people go through the video modules on their own time, what's great about it is that it's highly interactive. So not only will you be typing in short answers to questions and doing multiple choice quizzes and fill in the blanks, but you'll also get to negotiate with other people from the class. And we even have Socratic questioning, where you'll use the microphone on your browser to answer questions posed by the computer and other people can hear your voice You can hear the voices of other people in the class. I'm really proud of the platform. I actually coded it myself with a team of engineers and it's really, really high production value. I encourage you to check out the course at llx.ls.edu. You can see a trailer of the course on YouTube as well and I look forward to seeing you in class.
0: Fantastic. Thank you again for coming on the show, Hamilton. This has been perfect.
1: Thank you so much, Kwame. You are a scholar and a gentleman, and I look forward to our next conversation.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. If you're liking what you're hearing, please leave a review and subscribe and tell your friends. Our goal is to help as many people as possible. And when you leave reviews, it makes it easier for people to find us in the searches. Thanks again for being a listener. I'll catch you in the next one.